Ireland is a small island state in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean. So we will never make things happen by our forcing our will. We do our business through partnership. I often say that our character has been forged in a furnace of famine, migration and oppression. It should be a matter of pride for Irish people that we're seen as a country that represents the spirit of cooperation and represents the spirit of international dialogue. We came to the decision that our proposition had to be based on a really an authentic expression of who we are. And we broke it down into three values, three core values of empathy, partnership, independence. And ultimately that proposition was one in which the global community agreed with, bought into and endorsed. And it was one that helped us secure the seat on the US Security Council. Ireland is joining at a very important political moment, I think. and. A key priority will be to rebuild and strengthen that commitment to multilateralism, to cooperation in maintaining and building peace and security. On the 1st of January, Ireland took a seat on the UN Security Council and there you heard from some of the NUI Galway alumni who were instrumental in winning it. Hello, I'm Tom Fell and you're welcome to the Kush Karu podcast the series that examines major societal issues and the role that NUI Galway and our global network of alumni play in creating new knowledge, in research, in policy making and in problem solving worldwide. Our first contributor is a man who graduated with a BA in French and philosophy in the early 1990s. Michal Tierney then embarked on a career in the diplomatic corps and is now ambassador to the UN General Assembly. He's been telling me about Ireland's campaign for that Security Council seat. We were elected by the General Assembly, which is a body that comprises all the nations on Earth. And that's why it was indeed very heartening for Ireland to get that support. We got that support because we articulated very strongly during the campaign that we don't want a world that's dominated by aggressive nationalism, that that's not what our country represents, that we want a world that organizes itself so that there's cooperation around health, around climate change, around economic development and around security. So we feel that we're not just going in there as Ireland, we're going in there because we got a mandate. We're seen as a country that represents the spirit of cooperation and represents the spirit of international dialogue. Ireland's neutrality, Ambassador Tierney notes, is also critical to this country's image as an honest broker. It is, he explains, and neutrality that's bolstered by activism and advocacy. Well, if you take the example of our advocacy, which has been consistent, we've been a strong voice and we have risked displeasing um, many others by being consistently saying that nuclear weapons are unacceptable and that there should be moves towards complete disarmament. And I think the fact that we, that we have this active new neutrality that incorporates in it an advocacy for a better way of resolving conflicts. Uh, It's not just a passive neutrality, it's a neutrality that seeks to use that neutrality in a positive way in in, in conflicts. And it's also, I think, uh, a neutrality that helps us in peacekeeping contexts to be taken as honest brokers. And I I think that that can't be underestimated, the power of that in places like Lebanon, where our troops have served, that we're we're not perceived as being aligned with military blocs, but we are prepared to put a huge effort in, in terms of the deployment of our officers. That's where the strength of neutrality comes from. It's not just at the UN General Assembly that NUI Galway alumni are taking a lead on peace and security. 
Abdul Mark Mellet graduated with a PhD in 2009. In 2015, he became the first naval officer to be appointed Chief of Staff of the Irish Defence Forces. He believes Ireland's track record of peacekeeping, as well as our commitment to global development, were key to winning the Security Council seat. Part of the bedrock of our strategy was built on the service of the women and men of Opie Pinheiron in, in that over 62 years of service with the United Nations. But it went back further than that. It goes back to the service for over a century of the Irish Missionary Network. So Ireland is well recognised for its altruism, but all, Ireland is also recognised, and I often say that our character has been forged in a furnace of famine, migration and oppression. And so there was a credibility when we spoke to others with regards to our empathy and our understanding in the context of those who need support. And I suppose the, the other piece is that Ireland certainly continually advocates for uh, multilateralism. You know, it's very much tied to that Irish phrase in the art to occur the Caleb. There is no strength without unity. And when you look at these global challenges of climate breakdown, biodiversity loss, it is frameworks built on multilateralism that are the only hedge to actually address them. We, we are steeped in United Nations service and we are steeped in that impact it has on our understanding and the importance of peacekeeping, the importance of contributing to a safe and secure environment. You know, at the end of the day, peacekeeping is not an end in itself. It's a means to an end. It creates the environment for good stuff to happen. We'll hear now from another alumnus at the heart of Ireland's international relations. John Concanon is Vice President of Development at NUI Galway. He was centrally involved in the campaign for the Security Council seat. Well, the Security Council campaign was an enormous campaign for Ireland to enter into. It was a campaign in which we were competing against two very friendly countries to Ireland, Canada and Norway. Two, and together, Canada, Norway and Ireland are really three of the most prolific UN supporters. So for us to compete against each other was, was a challenge. What we had to do as a country was to find what's unique for us. Why should we ask credibly 192 countries around the world to vote for Ireland to take a seat on the UN Security Council. So a lot of work went into really trying to, trying to figure that out. And we came to the, to the decision that our proposition had to be based on a really an authentic expression of who we are. And we broke it down into three values, three core values. The first being about empathy, that looking at Ireland's past history, the fact that we had experienced famine, as a consequence of that, we've experienced mass migration. We've experienced a colonization. We've come through colonization. We've experienced economic hardship and economic recovery. And we've, we've had violence and serious violence on our island. And we've had a successful peace process. All of that gives us an empathy for the issues that are on the agenda of the world today. So, for example, migration is, the, is, is a major uh, concern in the world at the moment. And Ireland has experienced that. So all of this gives us an empathy that when we're dealing with the issues on the Security Council table, that we have, we have past experience we can draw on. The second point is about how we go about our business internationally. Now, Ireland is a small island state in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean. We have, we have a small, uh, relatively small population. So we will never uh, make things happen by our forcing our will. We do our business through partnership. And particularly, for example, our aid program, Irish Aid, we'll, we'll commit nearly a billion euros all in resources to the developing world. This year, we've a program through many generations. And that's our approach to foreign policy. 
policy. That's our approach to working in the European Union and in the United Nations is one of partnership. And that's the way we say, look, if when we're talking to the other countries on the Security Council, we will, we will work in partnership. And the final point is about independence. Yes, we're small, but we're independent. We're not NATO aligned. We are an independent country. We stand on our own two feet. We have our own voice. We have our own perspective. And that independence is really important because what we're standing for ultimately is Ireland will be the voice of peace in the United Nations. And why we could we, we, we tangibilize that expression through, for example, the fact that Ireland has the longest unbroken peacekeeping record in the world. We have the highest number of peacekeepers, active peacekeepers uh, in the world, some of the most dangerous parts of the world, Syria, the Lebanon and others, Irish peacekeepers are patrolling. So though this campaign was structured around those three core values of empathy, partnership, independence, and then that allowed us to build out platforms for communication in terms of videos, speeches, events that, that talked to that. And ultimately, that proposition was one in which the global community agreed with, bought into and endorsed. And uh, it was one that helped us secure the seat on the US Security Council. Having taken up the Security Council seat at the start of this year, Ireland joins at a critical moment. That's the view of the director of the Irish Centre for Human Rights, based here at Inua Galway, Professor Siobhan Mullally. Well, it's a, it's a hugely important moment, I think, for Ireland, obviously becoming a member again of the Security Council, but also at a critically important time in relation to what has been a weakening in recent years of political commitment internationally to the UN system and to multilateralism in terms of international relations. So Ireland is joining at a very important political moment, I think, and a key priority will be to rebuild and strengthen that commitment to multilateralism, to cooperation in maintaining and building peace and security. But in terms of its thematic priorities, those that are already identified, I think, are are quite urgent. Climate justice, women, peace and security and gender equality, women's empowerment, and more broadly, ensuring accountability and promoting peace and security. And Admiral Mellet is also convinced of the importance of increasing the role of women in peacemaking and conflict prevention. And if I look at it in terms of three key lines in terms of Ireland's time with the UN, it's going to be about peacekeeping. It's also about peace building and it's also about accountability. And and one of the cross-cutting themes that goes with that is a whole area of women, peace and security. And people often think women, peace and security is just really about having more women in the defence forces and providing a better environment for women and children. And it is that. But it's also about recognising that probably one of the greatest drivers of insecurity in terms of interstate and intrastate violence is the gender gap. It is just extraordinary, the correlation between the gender gap index and the index relating to global peace and security. When you put those two indices together, wherever the gender gap is greatest, Interstate and intrastate violence are greatest. And it's that sophistication of understanding that treating the causes of violence are much more important than investing all the time in treating the symptoms. And Ireland has a proud tradition in the context of its national action plan. And this year, last month, the 20th anniversary of UN Security Council Resolution 1325, which deals specifically on the importance of women, peace and security. So in in terms of what does that mean, it means about ensuring that women are able to be in the labour market, that women 
are actually valued in the society. Women are educated and that their rights are protected. And that's a fundamental. And yet, when you look at it, in so many countries, women are not open for employment. They're not valued within the community that they are there. Their rights are often uh, undermined. Sexual exploitation, abuse, gender-based violence have been codified as war crimes, crimes against humanity, and certain instances, the most grievous of all crimes, the crime of genocide. And that sophistication in Ireland's contribution around the table at the Security Council is like no other. And I know that the current ambassador has got this very point, which cross-cuts in the areas I mentioned earlier on of peacekeeping, peacebuilding, and accountability. Because you have to ensure that there is a broader perspective in terms of bringing actions to bear and how mandates are constructed. But you also have to ensure that the evidence is captured where there is a need for accountability, that that accountability and people are brought to book. Well, last July, Professor Mullally was appointed UN Special Rapporteur on Trafficking in Persons. Her role focuses in particular on the human rights of women and children. It's a global mandate to work to combat trafficking in persons. It requires country visits, monitoring what's happening on site. We have two upcoming country visits to Bangladesh and to Mexico. And it involves also then working on specific thematic priorities. My priorities will include human trafficking in conflict situations and humanitarian settings. So working with the Women, Peace and Security Agenda and preparing a thematic report to the UN General Assembly on trafficking in terrorism-related situations. So I'll be working on that for the next uh, six months and also looking at issues around non-punishment, ensuring that the human rights of trafficked persons are protected and reporting on that to the Human Rights Council. I also have to work with the UN Migration Network on the Global Compact on Migration and looking at the commitments there in relation to expanding safe and regular pathways to migration as a way of reducing vulnerability to human trafficking. Also on the front line in relation to migration, conflict and climate change, Admiral Mellet outlines the response of the Defence Forces to the recent crises. We have an extraordinary uh, tradition in peacekeeping. Over 60 years, almost 70,000 individual tours of duty. We've stood up to violent extremists. We've freed hostages. In the last number of years, we've rescued nearly 23,000 people in the Mediterranean. We've seen hundreds of people die over the decades. We've recovered many bodies. And COVID has only added to the challenges in terms of human security. But I, I think what I would say is certainly COVID has had an impact in terms of fake news and disinformation. And we can all see that. And we've all seen the penalty of that. It's been extraordinary how it's been exploited and twisted and shaped. But in, a, in a terms of a, a kind of a certain serendipity, there has been almost a, a reversal whereby the facts are the facts. And notwithstanding the fact that COVID has been associated with fake news and disinformation, the facts have remained the same. And where the level of infection has risen and mortality has been high, those who have been peddling fake news and disinformation actually have been found out. So to some degree, COVID has been a leveller on those very points whereby it was for political opportunism exploited for some reasons. It now has come home to roost in terms of the, the chickens come home to roost in terms of the, the facts remain the facts. 
and um, what is important for us to actually deal with good science and good data. And that's what institutions of NUIG taught many of our leaders who went through there is dealing with the facts. Facts are our friends. And um, we have used that kind of analysis in our more recent work now, working with the higher um, with HSE, with the health services executive, in terms of delivering services here, in particular in Ireland. And we've used the same knowledge we've got in terms of proper risk assessment, in terms of managing our general operations. Domestically, we have, I think, had over 50,000 individual personal people movements in support of the HSE. One of our first responses was to actually deploy ships into Galway, into Dublin and into Cork as test centres. And many of us at that stage were only learning new languages like PPE. The reason we put ships in the first instance is because we had come back from the Mediterranean where we had experience of using PPE. And that wasn't because we were precious. It was because we knew that if a ship went down because of infection in the context of a, a serious uh, viral influence like Ebola or something like that, we wouldn't be able to do our job in terms of rescue the many thousands of unfortunate people that we did rescue. So being able to actually role change quickly in the context of COVID at the priority of government was critically important. But COVID is a, a challenge. COVID, to some degree, I think, is a feature of other vectors. Uh, and I would say some of those vectors are probably more challenging than COVID will ever be in terms of climate change and biodiversity loss. And I think that, that nexus between climate change, biodiversity loss and population increase are going to make the probability of pandemics um, a greater reality into the future. So Ireland now takes its place among the 15 member nations of the Security Council. For the next two years, it will play a key role in maintaining international peace and security. The role comes at a time of change, challenge and opportunity. John Concanon again. Security Council seat means a huge amount to Ireland because essentially the UN Security Council is almost like the board of the United Nations. The United Nations is that place where all countries come together, 192 members sit around the tables and the rooms in New York and other places around the world to discuss the issues of the day. So for Ireland to be at that seat is hugely significant to us as a country in terms of our influence, our impact. And I suppose acknowledging the generations of diplomatic work that's happened around the world and in the NGO community and the wider impacts that Ireland has had in many different, um, many different spheres. And this isn't the first time we've been on the Security Council. We've been on the Security Council at times of great upheaval in the world. For example, in the 1960s, uh, when the Cuban Missile Crisis was happening, we took a seat on the Security Council. In the early 80s, when the Falklands War was on, we had the seat. And in the early uh, 2000s, when the 9-11 attacks, we were in the chair of the Security Council. So now we're coming at the time where the world will be coming to terms with what does a post-COVID world look like. And that, of course, solution will be in a multilateral context. In other words, countries will work together, countries will cooperate. And the forum through which that happens is the United Nations. And at the very centre of the United Nations is the Security Council. So to be on that Security Council at a time of great change, in addition, for example, in North America with a new administration, is a great opportunity. It's a great privilege. And it's also a great responsibility. It's a very exciting and very uh, interesting time for, for this all to be happening. And that was John Concanon, Vice President of Development at NUI Galway, bringing this edition of the Kush Karba podcast to a close. Thanks for listening and do join us again next time for more news on our exciting new research, cutting edge innovation and our global alumni stories at NUI Galway.